Welcome to the Not Old Better Show on radio and podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Manscaped. I'm Paul Vogelzang, and June is National Men's Health Month. National Men's Health Month is all about encouraging the men in your life, including you men out there. <laughs> All of the men in the Not Old Better Show audience, as well as the women. This is about encouraging you to take care of your bodies by eating right, exercising, and working to prevent disease. Because June 2022 is Men's Health Month, our conversation with Mike Craycraft is going to be a good one. Mike Craycraft is a testicular cancer survivor, a clinical pharmacist, and a substantial medical and healthcare expert with background as the founder of the Testicular Cancer Society. Join us today as we discuss topics which include trends in cancer research and treatment for testicular cancer, as well as disparities and challenges in educating young and old, including those in our Not Old Better Show audience here on radio and podcast about the disease of testicular cancer. Learn more about prevention, diagnosis, and treatment for testicular cancer by visiting the American Urological Association's Testicular Cancer Diagnosis Guideline Update at cancer.net. There is a great explanation of the disease, including recent data and some additional testicular cancer statistics that are from Johns Hopkins University and Medical School. We're going to talk about all of that on today's program with Mike Craycraft from the Testicular Cancer Society. Please visit the Not Old Better Show's partner, Manscapes Testicular Cancer Awareness page, and join me in welcoming to the Not Old Better Show on radio and podcast, Testicular Cancer Society founder and survivor, Mike Craycraft. Mike Craycraft, welcome to the program. Well, thank you for having me. It's good to talk to you today. I think uh, we're going to have a, a, a serious conversation. I, I do want to enjoy this time with you. June is Men's Health Month coming up, so we're going to be talking a little bit about men's health in particular. You've had a, uh, I'll call it a cancer journey. It certainly has taken you to a lot of interesting places, but let's talk first about the cancer itself. How old were you when you were first diagnosed, and what what was your initial understanding of testicular cancer, that's what you were diagnosed with, testicular cancer, before you were diagnosed. And I guess most importantly to me and probably our audience is how did your family respond? Uh, what did they think of the diagnosis? Yeah, sure. I was actually diagnosed at the age of 33. So an otherwise, you know, young, healthy male, um, never really had any health issues. I'm a clinical pharmacist by trade. Um, but unfortunately, you know, I knew testicular cancer existed, but I didn't know much about it besides that. Um, so I think that not really knowing much about it played a role in kind of how everything unfolded. Um, the family itself was incredibly uh, supportive. My parents actually, I, I was living in South Florida when I was diagnosed. I'm born and raised in Cincinnati. And they came down in a motor home and picked me up and drove me back up north to get me, you know, back to to try to the new normal, I suppose. And my sister um, is now a, a physician. Uh, she obviously was super supportive as well. That's wonderful. I mean, it, nice that your family, uh, you know, came down, picked you up, probably gave you a little bit of family time together, especially in, you know, kind of a motor home, spending time together like that and kind of some closed quarters. But I imagine that was really pretty positive. Yeah, I mean, 
I didn't think that I needed the support, to be quite honest. I, I worked at a medical center. I figured I would have surgery um, when I got out of recovery, go back to my office until I was okay to drive. And my parents were like, well, if you let us come down, then we'll put you in a motorhome and drive you back up north because it was right before uh, July 4th weekend. And uh, I always spent the July 4th at the lakes. So they're like, we'll drive you back up to the lake and, and get you back to living life. And uh, so thankful that they did. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's uh, certainly a nice part of the story. Thank you very much for sharing that. I, you know, in my research of you and, and of this subject, I, I really found that there, there is quite a bit of denial around this. Um, uh, colleagues, I, I learned from medical professionals, uh, you know, particularly other men, uh, even perhaps yourself, that this, this was a real factor, you know, that is not addressing the concern immediately. You kind of held back as I researched you, and you, you found that um, – that uh, it was something that you put onto a list and maybe dispensed with it, you know, daily saying to yourself, well, I'll get to this. And you're, as you say, you're a, you're a, a, a pharmacist by training, a professional pharmacist. And um, medicine is in the family with your sister being a physician. So did you take it seriously? Was it something that you just wanted to ignore? Where were you on that kind of spectrum? Well, I, I took it incredibly serious. Um, I just didn't address it directly, if you can do both at the same time. Um, I felt a lump. I immediately in my mind thought, okay, this has to be testicular cancer. Um, I would feel it at night and say, okay, I'll go to my doc, you know, I'll call my doctor tomorrow. Uh, the next morning, I wouldn't feel it in the shower. It would kind of skip my mind. Um, you know, it was one of those, I'll, I'll go after this. I'll go to the doctor. I'll go to the doctor. Uh, and time kept passing by. And I think, you know, part of it is denial is probably a, a big part. Um, a little bit is fear. And uh, one of the biggest things I found was not one to upset others. You know, how do I tell my parents and my friends, you know, hey, I, I have cancer. It, it's not easy. And so, well, the way to avoid having to tell them is don't get diagnosed, uh, which is ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's, it's a tough place to be in. Um, and and when you when you felt the lump, Maybe give us a little sense of, as to that. Did you feel pain with that? You said you knew, you were pretty certain, you, you had a pretty good idea that it was cancerous. So what was it that told you that? It was, I mean, I just simply went to adjust myself as I sat down on the couch and felt a ridge uh, on my left testicle and obviously had never felt it before and new things, you know, just don't show up um, in a normal situation on a testicle. And so immediately my thought was, oh my gosh, this must be cancer. Um, it just, uh, you know, at the time I really didn't have a primary care either. I had picked one because of insurance, but I'd never been in the CM. And, uh, you know, the two or three years I've been living down in South Florida at the time. So, you know, it was kind of tough. Like the first time I'm going to go in, you know, hi, doc, we haven't met before. And I think I have a lump on my testicle. Also in my research of you, I, I just have found, and, and we're going to get into this with the testicular cancer society that you've formed, but you have a really nice way about you in dealing with this. It, it's not necessarily a, a humorous subject. It's it's very serious to you. But I think, you know, having a testicle removed is joked about in, in society a bit. There There is a, a certain fear and kind of that um, idea that, well, I can laugh because I don't want to cry. And, and I think there's a lot of misunderstanding. H how is it that you 
kind of make others understand the severity and the complicated feelings that, that we as men have about this particular procedure? Yeah, I mean, we're each so different, right? Um, you know, some people are completely comfortable laughing and joking about it. Others, the slightest joke will upset them terribly. Um, you know, a lot of the stuff that I do now is with awareness. And so the humor component uh, really helps with the awareness, even though you're talking about a serious situation, but you have to get the individual's attention. Um, it's, you know, some guys really have a challenge, um, you know, facing questions about their masculinity after losing a testicle, um, you know, whether they're in a paired relationship, you know, sometimes makes it easier versus being single. Um, you know, it's just, it's so different across the board. And, you know, one of the biggest things I do is just make sure to listen and, and try to understand and, and help, you know, people cope. And it was out of that sense of, of giving back and, and awareness that the Testicular Cancer Society began. Tell us a little bit about that beginning. Yeah, so I was diagnosed in 2006, and unfortunately, there just were not a lot of resources available for testicular cancer. It was kind of the advent of social media, and so um, there was, you know, message boards everywhere, but you'd get there and there'd be two testicular cancer patients that had ever been there, and that was a year ago. Uh, you really couldn't find a lot of resources. What was available um you know, it was great, but it was just difficult to find. And so I kind of thought, well, I, I've done all this. I, I have a unique perspective as a, you know, a survivor now and as a healthcare professional. And if I can round up those resources, kind of serve as a contact point and show people where they are and learn from their uh, ordeal and things that they needed that aren't available and then form those uh, to make it better for the next me seemed like a reasonable approach. And that's basically how the Testicular Cancer Society came about. And then you have a really interesting logo for the Testicular Cancer Society. We're, we're going to put links up to where our audience can find out more information about you and TCS. But tell us about the logo and what it means and maybe the response that you've received from both men and women. Yeah, so it, it, you know, it's uh, kind of a cross between two balls and uh, the typical cancer ribbon. Um, so it's in the purple color, um, kind of the original awareness color for testicular cancer was orchid, coming from the Greek word for testicle, and uh, so it's a purplish color. So um, we kind of revamped the logo a couple of years ago. Our, our original logo was a T, uh, which also had two uh, circular. Um, ball-looking objects on it, um, and a, a dot at the, the top, so it looked like a, a person. Um, so it was kind of a, a revamp of that, but um, really, to it, it, when you see it, it doesn't leave much to the imagination of what we're raising and wearing this for. I'll put it that way. Hey, it's Paul. We'll be right back with Mike Craycraft talking further about testicular cancer. Not all better show audience, men, grandfathers, sons, moms, and grandmothers too, everyone. Father's Day is just around the corner, and our friends at Manscaped are here to ensure all the father figures out there are looking daddy material this June. Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0, which includes their signature Lawnmower 4.0, is the perfect bundle to tackle any and all old man hair from head to toe. This right here is no dad joke. Treat him and yourself and join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code NOB at manscaped.com. Trust me, his dad bod will thank you. Let's get personal for just a moment. My dad was a hairy Larry. 
His name was Roger, but you understand. Me, not so much. But my dad would have loved the manscaping options for Manscaped. And for me, as a dad, I love it too. Manscaped is designed with fathers in mind, and the Performance Package 4.0 is here just in time for your pop's special day. First off, let me start by saying the Lawnmower 4.0 will be the official MVP of Father's Day, I am here to tell you. When you order the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0, you'll find inside the package the fourth-generation trimmer, which features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and also has a 400K LED spotlight that you need to make sure and shave very precisely if you catch my drift. Wait a second and consider this. Do you or dad use the same trimmer for your body and face? Let's throw that out the window and give yourselves, give him the upgrade that you all deserve. But wait, there is more. Manscaped just launched their brand new Boxers 2.0 that are, dare I say, the best boxers ever. We all know dads love their comfort. With summer just around the corner, the Boxers 2.0 are here to save every father from the uncomfortable heat. These new boxers are packed with revolutionary features, including the jewel pouch. Yep, you know what that is. Designed to cradle his boys in their own special space. This right here is a game changer. Whether he's mowing the lawn, taking out the trash, golfing in the sun, these moisture-wicking boxers breathe without breaking a sweat. Dads, buy this for yourself. Sons, buy this for you and your dad. Ladies, buy this for your man. Grandparents, not old Better Show audience, you guys know what to do. So, get 20% off plus free shipping with the code NOB at manscaped.com. All of this will be in our show notes today. So please support our sponsors. Check it out. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code NOB. Shake what your mama and grandmama gave you. Nah, shake what your daddy and granddaddy gave you. Thanks, everybody. And we are back with Mike Craycraft. Mike Craycraft is a testicular cancer survivor and is the founder of the Testicular Cancer Society. And we're going to put up some links to where our audience can find out more information about Mike Craycraft. Mike Craycraft is a clinical pharmacist and has a substantial medical and healthcare background and is founder of the Testicular Cancer Society. I wonder, are men coming to you in TCS with with questions now? Because back in 2006, that wasn't the case. Is the stigma still there? Is it disappearing slowly? Are men more willing to talk about this condition? Because I certainly appreciate your time. I, I know our audience is going to be very curious about this and, and want to know more. And you're, you're very generous with your time, Mike. And I wonder, are you finding that that a lot of people are interested these days? Yeah, I think, you know, that there is still a lot of stigma surrounding it. There's a lot of silence similar to what we saw, <clears throat> excuse me, 30 or 40 years ago uh, with breast cancer. Uh, so we still have a long way to go as far as the stigma and not wanting to discuss it, but it is improving. Uh, what, what's interesting, though, is about half the people that come to us for help because of diagnosis uh, are the females in the guy's lives, you know, whether it's the mother, girlfriend, sister. Uh, so it's still not an open market. Um, I think, too, the online uh, helps a lot, right? So Twitter, 
you know, can be pretty anonymous. Um, Reddit, uh, our forums, our usernames. So people aren't necessarily having to attach their name to get a hold of this. Uh, WhatsApp is another example. So there's a bunch of anonymous ways to reach out where, you know, you're not um, posting, hey, this is Mike Craycraft, I have testicular cancer uh, type situation. So I think that's helped tremendously as well. Um, but yeah, there's definitely still some work to do. I know there is an app, a mobile app. I believe it's called the Ball Checker mobile app. And I know that it provides some facts about testicular cancer. I wonder if you'd tell us a little bit about that and what the idea behind it is. Yeah. So, you know, the idea is uh, early detection is key with testis cancer because it's if caught and treated early, it's almost 100% uh, curable. And so one way to do that, it's, you know, brochures don't really work well uh, nowadays. So we developed an app where it simply just gives a few facts about testicular cancer, shows you how to do a self-exam. And then we even sophomorically tell people to go to ballchecker.com to be able to download it. Um, you know, and it, it's really been, I mean, it's been downloaded in 151 countries. So, you know, that, that goes much further than trying to mail brochures around the world. Right. Expensive and, and probably not even very effective. I, You know, I wanted to talk to you about, specifically about the Testicular Cancer Society website, because it certainly has an emphasis on wellness and prevention, and much less so on sympathy or fear. The wellness distinction is essential uh, to you personally and the support that you got, and it's more of an, an orientation towards education. I wonder if you tell us what led you to that direction and that area of support on the site. I mean, I got a tremendous amount of support. There aren't necessarily the set um, support groups that you see with other cancers. Uh, I kind of tricked myself into forming my own support group. Uh, back when I was diagnosed, there was actually people on MySpace, if you remember a website like that. And so <laughs> yeah. I, I would find anybody that, I remember MySpace. That, that, that mentioned the word testicular cancer and reach out to them and be like, hey, you know, what's this? How do you make decisions? Um, you know, our main mission is we, we cannot prevent testicular cancer. Uh, we don't have that knowledge yet. So basically, it, it's minimizing the treatment. Uh, minimizing the burden of the cured and getting people back to living life as quickly as possible. Um, that's really what it is. And, you know, we wish, you know, if, if everyone diagnosed, um, you know, went through just simple surgery and, and back to living life, uh, our mission would be complete and we, we would be uh, absolutely tickled. Um, you know, so that's really what it's about is, is getting back to life after diagnosis. Um, which is most important, and and not not scaring people yeah, into it. Yeah, I, I think that that's important too. I, I, it doesn't sound like the search engines have been too helpful or perhaps too friendly. That that the word testicular jumps out at them and doesn't always give you uh, the best uh, results that that you're after. But I wonder what's the progress um, on testicular cancer research and and data. Where where are we today? And what are some of the treatment trends that are going on? It's really been a, an incredible story. So the year I was born, uh, 1972, if you had testicular cancer that had spread, uh, your chance of living five years was 5%. Uh, the year I was diagnosed, 2006, overall survival rate was 95%. Uh, and that's basically because of effective treatments were discovered with chemotherapy. Uh, there were innovations in imaging and surgery. Um, and so a lot of, there is some still work to be done. Um, that's actually what I'm 
at a conference here uh, right now discussing. Uh, there's still work to be done as far as the cured, but it's not as much the cure itself is reducing the burden of the cured. Um, you know, how can we uh, cure the cancer and reduce the long-term effects um, that, you know, can ultimately end up shortening someone's life uh, because of cardiovascular disease, for example, uh, after treatments or secondary malignancies. So, um, there's there's still work to be done as far as the cure. Not everyone is, unfortunately. You know, one in twenty diagnosed still uh, die from the disease. Um, but you know, hopefully we'll, we'll get that fixed as well. And what about you know, kind of the comparison between breast cancer in terms of its organized message and testicular cancer? Are you kind of running neck and neck in terms of ability to to get the word out and, and awareness, do you think? Or are we still struggling to kind of get this message? And I, I read that you, you've you even gotten to the point where you're partnering with breast cancer organizations kind of with a joint body message for for young men and, and women about this. And the women, of course, are learning this from the breast cancer organizations. I, I just thought that was brilliant on your part. Yeah, we had a really a, a wonderful partnership uh, with the Breast Cancer Center. And they would go into schools and, and speak to uh, the girls about breast cancer, and then we would speak to the guys about testicular cancer. Uh, and it was really, you know, very symbiotic. Um, you know, the difficulty somewhat is capacity. You know, there's <laughs> many more high schools out there than than we have hours to, to go and educate. So that's one of the problems. But, you know, being able to share, it's very much a, a congruent message. You know, the, the self-exams, the notifying a physician if you notice irregularities and, and really being familiar with one's body, um, you know. Being familiar with the body may even help with you find a lump in your neck one day, and it's it's something completely different. But uh, it's just kind of the the overall theme of of you know the wellness um, and knowing yourself. And and the society itself, you, you know, you kind of say there are just a lot more schools than you have hours to give to uh, this this message at at all of these schools. Just the sheer. Um, uh, numbers are just uh, perhaps against you. Are you looking for what? What are you looking for in terms of support to the society these days? And and uh, maybe tell tell our audience how they can help support a little bit. Yeah, well, you know, we'll come up with solutions. I mean, just like we did with uh, a mobile app versus you know pamphlets. Um, you know, so it's not insurmountable. Uh, we're coming up with uh, an actually uh, you know an online uh, version uh, that classrooms can share. But it takes out the kind of human component of, you know, in Ohio alone, I looked at one point, there's over 900 high schools. So we could go to three high schools every single day and not even get to everyone. Um, You know, that's a Herculean task. Um, So really having help replicating our message is the biggest thing. It's not complicated. I know, you know, it can be a little difficult to deliver the message and you don't have to be an expert um, you know, in the field of testicular cancer, it's just, hey, if you notice something wrong with your testicles, let your doctor know it could be cancer. And if it's caught early, it's curable. Um, you know, if you have any questions outside of that, don't come to me. Call the Testicular mm-hmm. Cancer Society. They'll help you. Yeah, the website is really great. Again, we're going to put links up to where our audience can find out more information. I thought the testimonials and just the those, those stories that you have of, of testicular cancer survivors are, are just inspirational. I wonder if you'd share one with us, in particular, Connor Joe, who's a, a fellow testicular cancer survivor, also a Major League Baseball player, plays for the California Rockies. But maybe 
tell us a little bit about what he's learned in, in his life after diagnosis and perhaps some of the other things that he's experienced along the way. Yeah, so the, Connor Joe, he's, uh, he's a pretty amazing individual. Um, he's like the prototype of, of, of what we want to do, you know. I mean, he's, he's someone that faced a testicular cancer diagnosis, bounced back, uh, got, you know, back busy living life again, playing Major League Baseball. Uh, and I even, you know, think found kind of a different side to it, right? Like he, he enjoys baseball much more now than he probably has, more smiles on his face than he has. Uh, not that he takes baseball any less serious, uh, but it just really a cancer diagnosis can give you a completely different perspective on life. Um, you know, un- unfortunately, there's a lot of not fun stuff that comes along with it. Uh, but it's not always a bad experience. Uh, there's things called uh, post-traumatic growth, uh, where when you go through a situation like this, you actually come out on the other side um, more positive than you were before your diagnosis. And um, I mean, I wouldn't put words in, in, in Connor's mouth, but I, I think, you know, looking from the outside, that's a typical example. You know, he's he's thriving after diagnosis. Again, if if everyone was like Connor, our mission would be done and we would be ecstatic. We're going to hope for that, Mike Craycraft. A final question, because I know you're you're very busy there with your event, and we sure appreciate your time. Let me foreshadow this this final question for you by saying, Hillary Clinton had this wonderful way of saying, you know, it takes a village. Our own audience skews older here on the show, but testicular cancer, in particular, the diagnosis and the disease skew skew younger. And, and that's not to say that our audience shouldn't pay attention. But for family, grandchildren, and, and all of those listening uh, within our audience, it is essential to be supportive. You had that great family support and to know what the symptoms look like. So maybe give us you know, some kind of final advice on how our older audience can be part of this solution to help get to a place where there are more Connor Joes out there and uh, help with the awareness. Yeah, well, I, I think one, anyone in the audience that, you know, has been diagnosed and gone through it, certainly know it's, there's a, a big family um, hereditary component to testis cancer that uh, is actually stronger than seen in other cancers. So uh, if you've had testicular cancer, it's estimated that your son, for example, is four to six times more likely to get it than the general population. Uh, if you have a brother, uh, that could be eight to 14 times more likely. So, and it's not meant to be scary, but it's meant to um, kind of sh- give more reason on why doing monthly self-exam and being familiar with the body is important. And really, it's just having the, the, the conversation. Um, as weird as it sounds, someone uh, with celebrity stature can mention on Twitter that they've been diagnosed and people come out of the woodwork saying, me too, me too. I've had it. You know, I had it 20 years ago. Um, talking about it, um, if you've experienced it or know someone has, is important. Uh, your words are going to go much further with your friends and family than our words are. And so we certainly need, uh, you know, your listeners' help um, to to normalize the conversations. It's, it's not weird to talk about testicular cancer. It's cancer. It doesn't matter what body part. Uh, we, you know, the more help we have uh, combating it, the better. Well said. Thank you so much, Mike Craycraft, for your time. Uh, your status is, is powerful, too, and we certainly appreciate all your good words. Of course, we've been with Mike Craycraft. Mike is a testicular cancer survivor, a clinical pharmacist, and has substantial medical and healthcare background, founder of the Testicular Cancer Society. We will put links up to where audience can find out all 
kinds of information about the testicular cancer society as well as Mike Craycraft and his great work. Mike, thanks for your time. Have a good uh, rest of your day and uh, a great event. And uh, we'll, we'll certainly do our part to communicate this important message. But thanks for all that you're doing. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me and, and thanks for listening. My thanks to our sponsor today, Manscaped, for sponsoring today's episode. June is Men's Health Month. So let's raise awareness of all things health for men by raising awareness for the most common form of cancer in men age 15 to 35 to provide education about the disease and give support for fighters, survivors, and caregivers. My thanks to you, my wonderful Not Old Better Show audience on radio and podcast. Please be safe, be well. Let's support each other and decry violence. And in doing so, let's talk about better. The Not Old Better Show on radio and podcast. Thanks, everybody, and we'll see you next week.